You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Hey, Christian, are you a movement person? Hi, I'm Kent Hunter from Church Doctor Ministries, looking at the movement of Christianity. As a follower of Christ, you probably belong to a church. You're called a member. You also possibly go to church. You are a worshiper. You may do some work in and through your congregation, and that makes you a servant. According to Scripture, when you serve, you are technically a minister. In the Bible, that notion is called the priesthood of all believers. Everyone, everyone is a minister. Since you're a part of God's kingdom, do you ever consider yourself as a movement person? Because you are part of a movement that is worldwide. It has been identified as the Christian movement for over 20 centuries. However, this movement actually began with Adam and Eve. They were commissioned by God to be fruitful and multiply the movement of the human race on earth. Jesus launched the movement of salvation through the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. He challenged every Christian to go make disciples, baptizing and teaching. A big part of the discipleship movement is the lifelong growth process as a disciple and follower of Jesus. The Christian movement has one primary guidebook, the Scripture. It is a divinely inspired manual, so it's called the Holy Bible. It is the primary source of direction for followers of Jesus. And that book is huge. There's a lot to read and learn. There are numerous translations of the Bible into all kinds of languages. Since language changes over time, there are many versions of the Bible, even among the many languages. For example, a few hundred years ago, the word you we use today was thou or thee in English. However, if Today, you kissed your spouse at bedtime and said, I love thee, you would likely end up spending the night on the couch. <laughs> Let's talk about the apple. Sometimes language can get confusing. For example, in the Garden of Eden, God formed Adam and Eve, the first humans. God told them to enjoy the fruit of the trees in the garden. And he said they could eat from any of the trees except one, called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eh, but the devil came by and convinced them to disobey God and eat from that tree. They did, and eventually they died. And from that day on, everyone dies. Somehow, there was a legend birth 
about the tree of knowledge of good and evil. It was the legend that it was an apple tree. Uh, the legend goes like this, that lump in your throat, which is sometimes called an Adam's apple, comes from the idea that Adam and Eve ate from the forbidden apple tree and it forever stuck in their throats. Yet, in truth, that is not in the Scripture. Surprised? You can always learn. In the Bible, it does refer to you as a believer as an apple of God's eye. Uh, that's in, uh, if you want to look at it, Deuteronomy 32.10. It's also in Psalm 17.8. It's in Proverbs 7.2. It's in Lamentations 2.18 and Zechariah 2.8. The apple of God's eye, according to Scripture, is the pupil of your eye. It is the most important part of the eye. And so it means that you are very precious to God. That's what it means to be you are the apple of God's eye. All people are precious to God. So did you learn something new just now? <laughs> then you'll find it helpful and encouraging to take what we call the apple challenge. <laughs> the apple challenge is to read a short segment based on the wisdom of Scripture every day. For most people, it takes about maybe six to eight minutes or less. There is a continuous theme for every seven days, but a different application of that theme each of the seven days for each week. Each segment has a Bible verse that gives meaning to the material. An aha moment. So, here's an example from the devotional book, An Apple a Day. The title of this particular segment is Hope Dealer. And then the theme for the week is Compassion. Here's the item for Hope Dealer. Do you share your hope? You hear a lot about serious challenges at schools. Sometimes it's a drug bust. Maybe it's a child abuse or a gun in a locker. Do you ever wonder how many kids go to school worried? Thank God for a Christian like you. Why? Because you are a dealer in hope. You recognize there is uncertainty in the world. However, you also know who owns the world. You can also tap the strength God gives every day. So here's our prescription. Share your hope in Christ with the next generation. Children face many fears. Teach them the powerful scripture like Psalm 23 and Romans 8. Hope through Christ is powerful. It provides fuel to get through the challenges of life. When you demonstrate hope in children, they become filled with hope. They become hopeful. Make this your spiritual routine. Encourage young children. Point to the power of Christ. Be a dealer in hope. In the scripture passage from Jeremiah 29, 11, I alone 
know the plans I have for you, plans to bring you prosperity and not disaster, plans to bring about the future you hope for. Do you think the few minutes you spent hearing that reading might encourage you and others? Could it help you feel hopeful? Does the promise of Jeremiah 29:11 give you hope? Would that help you get through the challenges of life? Would ha- that help the children in your life? The Apple Challenge is not a big ask. A few minutes a day for a spiritual shot in the arm, a gift for your life from God's Word that speaks to the challenges that we all face every day. So, what is the Apple Challenge? Well, it means that you can become a dealer in hope yourself. It's not a drug you take or a shot in the arm. It's a dose of wisdom from God. We all need it for the challenges we face every day. You see, God does have plans for you and everyone you know. As a Christian, you've been given the greatest gift in the universe, Jesus. And you have God's Word, the Bible. This precious blessing is not for you alone. You can share it. How? Invite everyone in your church to take the Apple Challenge. Ask everyone to pledge to get a copy and read it daily for one year. For those who can afford it, let them buy it. They will have personal ownership. For those who may need help to buy it, ask for sponsors to bless others. Make it personal. Let the sponsor give it personally to the one who receives it. And, perhaps, let the sponsor write a note to the person who gets it. Promise to pray for each other, to be faithful to the daily readings. Check in with each other on a regular basis. Be encouragers. When you tally the number of people spending the year with the Apple Challenge, whether they be members of your church or friends of your members or neighbors, people at work or school, when you add that up and you know a total number, send a short email to info at churchdoctor.org and let us know, and we will add the name of your church, city, and state to the Apple Challenge Victory Board, and our staff will pray for you and your church every week. Don't limit the Apple Challenge to your congregation alone. Jesus wouldn't. Take the Apple Challenge to work. Talk to those at work about what you have chosen to do for six to eight minutes a day. Ask them if they would join you and give them a copy. You can invest in another person on a spiritual basis without being an evangelist or preaching at them. As you give copies away, be sure to put a note in the front and put your name below. Don't even worry if those at work are church attenders. It doesn't matter. 
God's practical wisdom from Scripture speaks to everyone, and it changes lives. All people face challenges. Everyone is concerned about the future of the nation and our world. Each person needs a shot of hope, and they won't usually get it from the evening news. Who knows? Your gift to a co-worker, to a neighbor, may develop a friendship, and it could make a big difference in their lives. Maybe for eternity. There may be some who will one day ask you, where do you go to church? If that question comes up, don't just invite them to your church. Pick them up and bring them. Don't overlook your neighbors or those who are your relatives who may or may not go to a church. You may not be an evangelist or preacher, but you can be a seed planter. Give them a book and put your name in it with a note. Check in with them when you see them. If they are following through, ask them how it's going for them. You may find yourself in a conversation that God uses for their eternal welfare. And that is a big deal. For friends and relatives who live far away, send them a copy or a gift certificate. And we'll see they get a copy and slip a note that reminds them it's a gift from you. Or order it online and let them know it's coming from Amazon, but it's coming from you. In our world, how often can you give a gift that strengthens a believer or introduces faith to someone who is not yet a Christian? Remember, it's a gift that impacts another person each day for 365 days. You may not be a missionary or an evangelist, but you can make a difference. With God in your heart and generosity on your mind, God will use you to invest in others. You can plant an eternal seed each day for a whole year in another person. And when you look in the mirror and see your eyes, focus on the pupil in your eyes. And remember, God sees every person, you and others, as precious. You have been listening to Kent Tundra's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. If you like this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, An Apple a Day, A Daily Dose for Everyday Faith, available from churchdoctor.org and amazon.com. Take the Apple a Day Challenge. To learn more, go to www.appledaychallenge.com.